Hello, hello. Hello. My name is Allie. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm Nick, and my pronouns are he, him. And welcome to season two, episode 19 of Tabula Rasa, bitches. We're thrilled to have you here. We are in the Tabula Rasa, bitches. Your co-hosts discuss and dissect Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show that bonded them together so many years ago. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing season two, episode 19, I Only Have Eyes for You. That's how I feel about you, Nicholas. I was just about to say that. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Stole it. Uh, and Nick, today is an extra epi- extra special episode. Why is that? Well, that is because today we are joined by a very special guest host, Francis Bailey. Francis, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I am so glad that Frances could join us today. Frances is such a dear friend of the pod. She was uh, part of the crew that made me realize we could start a podcast. People can start a podcast. You can do it. So really cool full circle moment for me here. The Frances has a podcast herself called The Podcast Diaries. And if The Podcast Diaries sounds familiar... That is because we were lucky enough to have another of the Podcast Diaries uh, co-hosts, Jordan, who joined us earlier this season for Inca Mummy Girl. But, Francis, I want you to tell everybody about you. Tell us what your pronouns are. Plug the Podcast Diaries. And then on my little script here, I also have a note that uh, your job is cool as fuck. So please plug that, too. That made me laugh. Okay, so sorry. Is that on pod? Or was that like just a, was that on pod or was that just like you saying like, tell me about yourself? Cause like that made me laugh so hard. So hi, I'm Frances. Oh no. Oh yeah. That all of that is in it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good. I'm glad you laughed. I was hoping it would bring that chuckle. It was so fun. Okay. Sorry. So I'm Frances. Pronouns she, her. Podcast Diaries. Check it out. We actually literally just this morning finished season four recording. Um, We're doing Avalon High, which is book is great movie is literally so bad um so can't wait for everyone <laughs> to hear about it but yeah oh man i enjoyed the movie so if the book's even better i'm psyched i should i should read it yeah the the book is really it was i was pleasantly surprised it was our first time for both me and jordan reading that particular meggy cab book and it was it was really fun i enjoyed it but yeah, so I I work in film and it made me laugh so hard that you were like, your job is cool AF because like nothing is more disappointing than talking to a person in film and finding out how in fact boring it is. Like I love my job oh. so much. <laughs> I think it's I'm like so lucky that I get to work uh, like and do what I do. Um, but it is like one of those situations where like if I'm not in a group with like my film people and I'm meeting people, I just say I'm an accountant. Cause like, <laughs> like no one asks, no one asks further follow up questions. But I work behind the camera. Yeah. I'm um I'm in set decoration, which is part of the art department. And we basically uh when you're looking at us, if you're picturing your favorite scene in a movie, and you picture all of like the furniture and the tchotchkes and the things that make that are in the background that make you kind of realize who the character is without them having to say who they are that's what we you do. have one of my favorite people on set Cedric is you are one of my favorite fun. people on set it's well, set dressing is so important because i feel like 
a lot. It's one of those things that maybe when it's done well, maybe people don't really notice it. Exactly. Or they don't know to notice it. But I have seen some low budget movies that have nothing on the walls. And you're like, this is this doesn't look real. This looks cheap. Yeah. And it just it makes all the difference in the world. And it can it really can tell you so much about the character, like what band posters are on their wall or like what celebrity do they have a crush on or all of that. There was a piece of set dressing I noticed in this episode that I'm sure it's in multiple episodes because it's a sticker on the outside of a lo- outside of a locker and it literally just says lotion. <laughs> like no way yeah it was so bizarre and i was oh God, like I, so I was like i need to like put that in a future something just because it's so random and like i'm sure yes. it was, they were just like we need stickers just anything Find yeah but then where do you have it's a so lotion fine. sticker i'm how do you have a lotion well, who, I'm who sure had a lotion sticker on the this team? is the fun part because we have like these gigantic printers like plotter printers and they have we have all sorts of different kinds of paper and when we'll just like make our own stickers especially for like school lock school scenes and stuff and that is like a number one thing if ever you're watching something that's set in a school that's not necessarily like a kid's show look out for locker accoutrement because there will be in jokes and there will be weird things that someone was just like yeah just throw it in there it'll be hilarious that oh is God. so funny. We we talked about a few stuff. of those, and actually, we there do. Was... We talk about set dressing a good amount. We really do. The set dressing is great. One of the unsung heroes behind the scenes, Francis. You know, you're a superhero. 100%. Yes. Oh yeah. We try. Um, See, and also, the best like part is, is like Ali. Like you want to be in front of the camera. Yes. Like I cannot express to you how far behind the camera I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> we had this um, on the show. I just like finished up in December or late December. The the assistant to the creator. So the creator like directed the last episode. Yada yada yada. He wanted to do some like behind the scenes footage, and the art director said no because she was like uh, yeah no i'm not no i'm i'm too busy like there's a reason know. we're here and not there well then he <laughs> comes up to me and i am not the decorator who was like the head of our department and was like oh you should come and talk about the dressing and i was just like no what no. like that <laughs> doesn't make any sense uh first of all secondly like no i don't want to be on camera that's so interesting. That is really because I I enjoy being behind the scenes as well. I just enjoy being any part of making the magic happen, but I definitely enjoy the attention. Yeah, <laughs> and that's really like funny. An, <laughs> yes, as you should. Like that's an integral part of acting. Like you have to enjoy that that type of attention, and like there are types of attention I very much enjoy. But like it's, and, I mean, you can attest to this, Allie. Like when you're on a a set it's not intimate in any way there are 75 people just staring at you like it is the worst uh but yeah it's it is my job is cool af but it is one of those things where like if i'm if it's just strangers at a bar i'm just like yeah no i work in real estate that is so funny it is it is cool but once you open the hood it is just a job (laughs) spreadsheet a little bit a little bit I yeah. we ask all of our guests this, Francis. Uh, we want to know your experience with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, 
And I will further contextualize this question by saying we have had people come on who are like, I have seen this episode that I'm talking about and only this episode. I have seen up to this episode and it is the first time. I'm a long time Buffy fan. So everybody across the spectrum and it's all celebrated. But oh, that's great. Tell us, where are you with Buffy? So I've watched Buffy through like a few times. Like obviously when I was a kid, it was just like reruns because it came out like in the like mid 90s or like kind of mid late 90s. So I didn't I wasn't able to watch like live. But like I definitely was young waking up during the summer and watching like TNT and it would be like Buffy, yeah. Jar, Charmed and like one other show that oh, I was yeah. probably too like it was not appropriate for me to be watching. So I watched like the reruns and then purposefully like watched it all the way through probably when I was like late teens and I've watched it through like a couple of times. I love it. And unfortunately, I did love Joss Whedon until he revealed himself to be scum. We all did. Yeah, it turns out. Yes, we all did. That was a painful one. Yeah. Right. But actually, as as a fellow filmmaker, you'll appreciate this is that something we talked about very early on in the podcast. We addressed it in the very first episode because we were like, well, let's not. We're not going to beat around the bush about this. He's a piece of shit. But we're still going to love on the creation because, as you know, as you mentioned, so many people go into the creation of even just one episode Mm -hmm. of a TV show. It is so much more like he could have had the best idea in the world. But if he'd had a shit budget or shit actors or any any of those other elements that all go into the alchemy that is like putting on a good show then it wouldn't be the product that it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and it is, it's so funny. Like I was, I was actually talking to Jordan about this this morning because we were like, she was like, you're recording today. And I was like, yeah, I know. I've been thinking about the show for like, I've been trying to be like <laughs> in depth about it. And I was thinking about um, the show like as a whole and how like obviously Buffy's a great feminist character and like there's a lot of great like feminist moments uh, that we can draw from in this, but there is some like sneaky, like not, I don't know if it's like incel vibes, but like, like Xander is not cute enough to get with, uh, Cordelia. Like we know this, like it doesn't make sense, but I have like, so much Xander slander. It's, it's such a debate between me and Allie all the time. It's ooh. so fun. Yeah. true. I, I agree with you. I think Allie Xander has different fuck. feelings, but like, true. Cordelia is a smoke show, man. Right? She's hot as fuck. Like she's so hot. And like Xander, like he doesn't, I mean, he's like nice. And like, sometimes he doesn't good things, but like he doesn't pull his weight. And then like what? He gets the hottest fucking girl of all time. Like, okay. <laughs> but it just, it felt, I was like, oh, maybe this is like him being like secretly like nerd boys should get the girl like blah 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 that we always see where it's like oh there's probably almost there's probably there's almost definitely some some wish fulfillment with you know like ducky didn't get the girl in pretty in pink and now i get to rewrite the story kind of thing totally um i disagree on several points but (laughs) we don't have to have a big xander debate Uh, but there definitely are some like sneaky like i think Something that has become a recurring theme that I absolutely hate is everyone around Buffy not trusting her instincts. Yeah. Basically, every episode, there's a pattern. It's like how on House, they always say it's lupus, but it's never lupus. Yes. Like every time Buffy is like, hey, I think this is going on. And they're like, Buffy, come on. And then sure enough, she's right. Like how many times does she have to prove her instincts right for you guys just like trust her on faith that happens literally and it's almost never willow oh yeah yeah exactly 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's almost never Willow who's uh, who's contradicting her. Yes. Or kind of second-guessing right? her instincts. Sometimes it's Cordelia, but. Well. She comes at it from like a psych major yeah. point of view, so it's a little different. Well, yeah. good to know. Uh, glad that you're a longtime fan. This is a super fun episode, so we're excited to talk about it with you. Allie, do you want to dive into our summary? I want nothing more. So as usual, we'll do our best to avoid spoilers beyond this episode. I make no real promises. There's definitely some spoilers I have to give in this one. Uh, but today <laughs> we'll discuss this episode, spoil this episode and previous ones, spoilers and all. So the Sadie Hawkins dance is approaching, but Buffy, understandably, isn't in a romantic mood. She goes to the library with hopes there might be some slaying to be done. But along the way, interrupts a dramatic fight between a student and his girlfriend. The fight gets violent, and Buffy wrestles away a gun from the student, which disappears, along with their reason for fighting. More supernatural weirdness unfolds at school, and the next night, Giles sees another couple fight in exactly the same way as Buffy saw. This time, the man shoots and kills the teacher he fights with. The gang decides a poltergeist is to blame. They learn the ghost is that of a Sunnydale school, Sunnydale student who killed the teacher he'd been secretly seeing, then killed himself out of guilt. After the Scooby's exorcism fails, they retreat back to the Summer's home. The poltergeist lures Buffy and Angelus to the school, where they play out the script, this time with Buffy as James, the student. Buffy shoots Angelus, slash Grace, the teacher, but doesn't kill him because vampire. The script gets a new ending now. Angelus slash Grace stops Buffy slash James from killing himself. Grace forgives him, then their souls move on as the couple shares a passionate kiss. The episode ends with Spike revealing to the audience that he has recovered from his final injury, implying he plans to take revenge against Angel for the rift he's created between him and Drusilla. This summary, not adapted from Buffy Guide, it was written by Nick! He wrote that in all caps, so I had to say it that way. And masterfully edited by Allie. But yeah, I needed to give kind of an ungracious note that Buffy Guide let me down with this one and made me actually write my own summary like some sort of peasant. <laughs> How dare they? It was the... excellently read, excellently written. Thank you. Francis, Thank you. you are so kind. Thank you so much for your recognition. <laughs> I'm here for it. The... Okay, I am not sure when to... There's parts of <laughs> spit it out, Allie. Do we get our debate out of the way? For do we get our? I have to when I when I watch this episode. Is this about I have, the whole teacher thing. I have to put on a box. Yeah, this yeah the gross. Okay, yeah, let's just Joss, let's just get like, it over with and talk about it. This level, like this, like, this, like is goes into like the whole like it's not bad because it's a female teacher and a male student, but it's like this is statutory rape. I'm sorry, trigger warning for that word, but like. Right. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Not arguing that. And so at so at a certain point, I just had to suspend my disbelief on the, that nasty premise and have to, because then I can't like engage with so that the way I, I just wanted to name that. The way I see it, again, not debating that statutory rape. She's a predator. This is not okay. Teachers shouldn't date students for many, many, many reasons. Not debating that at all. It's not up for debate. Um, but the way I see this is sort of the same way I see Romeo and Juliet, where a lot of people hold it as this like, oh, Romeo, Juliet, like it's something to be admired or it's something to like aspire to. No, they're dumb kids. 
that what they are doing is stupid. Someone should have intervened. Like that is not something to aspire to. But the story and how everything unfolds and how it affects everyone around them, like that is interesting and compelling. Um, and I think the like sympathetic parts of this come from like their perspective of like their feelings. I don't think that changes how like society sees it. And like, I think the sympathy comes from like him being a killer. And like, I don't, again, I don't think that like what they were doing was right, but like he killed a person and he was a person in pain and they are now causing the people in here and now pain. And that's the sympathetic part. Well, that's an interesting perspective. Framing it as the thinking about it as Romeo and Juliet, and we can think about the lessons in this story about it. That's an interesting perspective, Allie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can definitely. Right, like it's about what their ghosts are doing, not about. Totally. Sorry, Francis. Oh, no, Sorry. I just, I can totally jive with that. I definitely feel that. It's definitely, and this is also very like, very pre me too world where (laughs) you know like we just are suspending our disbelief like you know i'm not watching a movie from 1954 and being like well that's not cool you know like we just have to kind of accept it for what it is and like you don't have to agree with it but you know here we are right well and clearly he had some toxic tendencies because lots of people get broken up with and don't bring a gun to school i have a question you know it's like how a lot of people get bullied and then don't become like workplace shooters you know so it's like it doesn't it's definitely not like a role model kind of thing at all i feel like would y'all have more sympathy for this young man if he gave because this whole speech is like i love you you can't just wake up and decide you don't love someone anymore yada 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 and then he ends it with don't run away from me bitch bitch and if he didn't say bitch i would have a lot more sympathy for him honestly i it, it doesn't make a difference at that point he's got a gun he's gonna he's kill her yelling honestly honestly the 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 volume like that literally the volume he's speaking at is a bigger deal to me than some of the word choice because that is frightening in and of itself a man and i mean yes he's he's younger than she is but he's bigger than he is she's got a letterman's jacket presumably he's on some sports team a man yelling at you is frightening true i'm against misogyny all around maybe don't speak to people in raised voices or well i call ali a bitch all the time and i will continue to do so but that's not consensual, like, though. Not in a derogatory way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes. You can call me out when I'm being a dumb bitch. That's Only fair. for fun. Only for fun. No, no, that wouldn't be very kind. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad that we processed through that on the oh, front I end. Oh, have, I have one more one more thing to add on, on that. I think also what's lovely about this dynamic is what it brings out for our characters. And I think the sympathy is more what it shows us about Buffy. Like, I don't really give a fuck about this James kid. Who cares? But, like, it highlights what Buffy's going through. And I think there's pieces of it that we can identify with. Like, you don't just wake up someday and stop loving someone. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a fear. We can't. We don't have a crystal ball. Like, you know, there's always that worry because you don't know what another person's feeling. And there's, like, that aspect that, like, I can identify with without, again, encouraging people to go call people bitches and shoot them 
Yes, always. I mean, yeah. Please don't shoot people. PSA. Please don't shoot people. <laughs> yeah. I read Please and in, thank you. <laughs> I read in the trivia about this. One of those sources said when it aired on TV, Sarah Michelle Gellar had to do like a voiceover PSA at the end against suicide or something or against like, again, like pick your, like, are we going to do a PSA about the rapidus, the violence or the suicide? Yikes, there's a lot to unpack. But yeah, that, yeah, please don't, please don't shoot people. I did. That still happens. I, yeah, I that did. That still happens on TV shows. Yeah, I did a quick search because I was curious what this, what uh, date this aired. And it aired almost like a year to the day before Columbine. Oh, no. Wow. Isn't that weird? Because no, I, I was yeah, like, I mean, wild. obviously, there's, they always did like, a, it felt very, a, it's felt very like a very special episode kind of vibe. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was interesting. Like, I mean, obviously, like, it was a different world before that. But it, I'm that's interesting that they did had yeah. to do like a little PSA with Sarah, Mich Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah, I there's been a few there's been a few uh, TV shows, even since then that that does a kind of like hotline for several different things, whether it's like if you or somebody knows dealing with domestic violence, blah, 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 blah. I like when they do that. Mm. Me good too. thing. Get the numbers That's out good. there. Okay, now that we're 20 minutes in, we can actually start talking about the plot of the episode. Cool. Excellent. <laughs> Love it. So this this starts off with a great song, Charge by Splendid. I was hoping you were going to know. I had a question. What song is this? I was hoping you would have yep, yep, taken yep. that note. Nice. It All was right. on well, Buffy the Album. That'll be that's a social media post right there. Thanks, Allie. Good. You're welcome. There's actually two in this episode. And then the other one is, yeah, I only have eyes for you. That's the song, right? I didn't by? Do you know who it's by? Francis would know this. Francis knows everything. Okay, I had, God, I had no, to I don't. I'm I'm so sad I don't. I wish I did. Who was it? Like Jerry Lewis. The flamingos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely had to look it up. It's not like it's the temptations or somebody like that. No. <laughs> The flamingos. the flamingos. It was a great song. This okay. opener, I like. It was such a great opener, and it felt like so vibey with Buffy, and like it puts you like right in the like mindset of where she is, how she's feeling, and especially with it mm -hmm. felt so like to my heart when I'm approached and I don't want to be at a bar, and <laughs> the person is like trying to flirt and you're just like I'm not into it and then they just try harder and you're just like I don't know how to say this in a nice way so I'm gonna be mean yep. now yep. although she's nice what did she she's say good. I'm not seeing anybody ever again actually ever again. Yeah. <laughs> I have felt that before after a bad breakup <laughs> I'm actually blind I, can, I will never see anyone ever again <laughs> yeah so so ben the cutie ben comes over i have a note his shirt is hideous and yeah he asked buffy if she would ask him to go to the dance with her and buffy declines yeah how do we all feel about sadie hawkins dance uh sure yeah <laughs> it should, yeah I don't know if I, I have skipped my senior problem. I don't care about dances. Okay. Allie, you've always liked dances. Well, so, well, I thought you would Haw love Sadie, Sadie Hawkins. Hawkins. Well, Sadie Hawkins specifically as the the role the role reversal, which I feel like doesn't fly in 2022 when we're like down with the gender binary. Um, but I do think that everyone, whatever gender, all genders, all identities, should experience the terrifying act of asking somebody out. <laughs> yeah. 
It's awful. Mm -hmm. I asked both of my dates to prom junior and senior year because uh, I was single as hell. <laughs> yeah, I skip. I skip my senior prom also. So I. But also, it's it's less to do with like the. I, you're absolutely right. Everyone should have to go through the terrifyingness of having to ask someone out just so that they can have sympathy for everyone on earth. Uh, right. But yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't like anyone except for Jordan in high school. So <laughs> didn't want to <laughs> ask. I didn't want to hang out with someone for a whole night if they weren't Jordan. Did you all go to high school <laughs> together? No, you didn't go to. Mm -hmm. uh, Collegiate. Oh, you went to Charleston Collegiate? Yeah, that's where we met. Oh, sorry. You can like blur that out if I'm not allowed to say it. Um, I think I say we to don't Allie, mention our high school. We just say we went to high school together. I'm not like yeah, worried about somebody idea. finding our yearbook though. Yeah, we don't have to tell. You said it so today. quickly. I didn't even understand what you said. Great. Good stuff. Perfect. The, that's cute. I see this is memory of a goldfish. I had to have known that. Anyways, Buffy walks down the steps and meets Willow. Uh, Buffy says she's going to go to the library and see if there's any nonsense she can get up to. Meaning, yeah, slave. and Willow, in a surprising move, is like, "Oh, come on, get back on the horse!" Like, like kind of pushing Buffy to start dating again. Which I'm on Buffy's side. That would be the last thing on my mind. You know, the best way to get over someone. <laughs> It's if it's you just hand, it's like it under someone uh, else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know if I encourage that policy for <laughs> high schoolers. As long as everyone's consenting and you're using protection, but no, yeah, no, Buffy is not ready. It's absolutely valid that she's like absolutely not right this minute. She's please. still worried <laughs> that her ex could be like killing someone's puppy. How do you think about like mm, what outfit should I wear on this next first date? Like, no. <laughs> Um, I am okay with taking a break from dating because men suck. Mm. I mm -hmm. am less okay with taking a break from dating because you're so racked with guilt after your last relationship. So I'm kind of on Willow's side in the sense where she's like, you shouldn't feel like you should be graceful with yourself. Yeah. You know? But if you don't want to date, like, yeah, support that. Yeah. I do feel like if this were a normal ex, a normal circumstance, then yes, I'd be a little more on her side of like, yeah, get back out there just for fun. It doesn't have to be love. Like, just like have some fun. But no, he's a he's a demon hunting her. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So that makes sense why you would want to also hit that pause button. Yeah. Definitely. If she tried dating again, that person would end up dead. 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. And Jealous would kill him so fast. Yeah, maybe Buffy has a point here. Okay. So I think we're back at the school and there's kind of an epic mm -hmm. dramatic fight happening between this guy and his girlfriend. He holds a gun to her and says, a person doesn't just wake up someday and stop loving somebody. Love is forever. And Buffy interrupts just in time to kick the guy's ass. Yep. In a classic Buffy fit, that like crochet halter and leather pants. Oh, it's so incredible. Funny. Yeah, it's it's a great I I, I love a, a, a high school episode where they're just like in the school for the majority of the episode and just like mm -hmm. doing their Scooby gang jazz. Uh, and this was such mm -hmm. a fun intro. And I love like the confusion and then Buffy being like sniffing the air and just being like, something's wrong. We need to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my Slayer sense is tingling. Yeah. So, so she, oh, go ahead, Allie. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say, uh, so she says, uh, what's going on? You just tried to go all OJ on your girlfriend. Ugh, yeah, I wrote Ooh. down that quote, too. Not, not oh. a reference that I got the I first couple times I was watching Yeah, this. this is my first time picking um, up on that. That was, I was probably like, oh. very timely. and uh, <laughs> Timely, yet I mean, still, still a great scary. reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still too scary. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, that was always interesting. I'm like, oh, I get that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a few of them. I don't know why this late in the season. I feel like I go, I skip through a lot of these and go straight to the season finale. But it's been nice this episode and last episode. I'm really excited for next episode, which I actually don't like, but I haven't watched it in a really long time. So maybe I'll like it more and pick up on new. Uh, I mean, I'm excited for a lot of hot young dudes in speedos. Yeah, I yeah, started watching yeah. the next episode while I was not mad about time, that. and it's no spoilers, <laughs> but that one's it's so spooky, but it's such a great episode. But we're not here for that. Sorry, we don't have to talk about it, but it's nope, a great app. Nope, nope, nope. No, uh, we're here to get some sweet Snyder goodness. That was a good segue. <laughs> the Yeah, so Buffy is being, is being just raked over the coals by Snyder in a, in, in a <laughs> really unfair way. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, insinuating Buffy's creating all this chaos and... And he, this is another line that I picked up on for the first time. I didn't know what he was talking about before. He said, uh, Buffy's like, you heard from them. They said it themselves. You did. I wasn't involved with this. And he goes, people can be coerced. I'm no stranger conspiracy. I saw JFK. <laughs> That's really. <laughs> you're, you're a JFK conspiracy theorist, Snyder. Okay. I love that. No, and I love that his, uh, another part of that line, and I'm going to keep looking until I know how this is all your fault cool glad that you're so impulsive you're so impartial snyder oh wait, well awesome. that that was a reference though there was a movie that came out in the 90s that was all about the conspiracy of jfk's assassination oh so he's talking about i saw jfk like i saw them like yeah there's a movie called jfk mm. and oh. it was so it is like a very timely reference i don't know if the movie i i've only very randomly seen it but it's all about like conspiracy and like whatever but it's Wow. Yeah. So he wasn't referencing he was act, like the he, he was referencing a movie. Yeah. Oh. But he watched it and clearly believed this conspiracy. The whole grasping all jazz. <laughs> wow, that's wild. I'll have to check out the movie now. Maybe, maybe I'll watch it and be like, he was right. <laughs> yeah. Was right. Absolutely. This movie definitively proves what <laughs> he was set up. Yeah. Um, I will say. I am going to understand a little bit here why Snyder is freaking out and desperately searching for an answer because it's probably not great that there was almost a shooting. Nobody can give more details and he yep. can't find the gun. Yep. Yeah. Not ideal. As a principal. Yeah. No. <laughs> not ideal. And I mean, on, on his side, she is very suspiciously in the middle of every single fight. Every single thing that goes wrong at Buffy at, at Sunnydale. I mean, we happen to know her side, but if I were Snyder, I'd be like, this fucking girl, you're always doing something. Yeah, it's a bit of a where there's smoke, there's fire situation from his point of view. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, educators hard enough. <laughs> I think it's clear and no spoilies that the dynamic between the two of them is heating up. So we'll yeah. see where that leads. <laughs> um so we have the next scene willow teaching but go will 
teaching is fucking hard and she just looks like she's crushing it can, but can she even makes a joke and the kids laugh yeah. sorry francis yeah. i cut you off no you're so right it's great i love that she makes a joke and she's like i did it i made a joke and then everyone laughed but it's <laughs> we're just weird we just talked about how we're suspending our disbelief it's insane that they were like this teacher died on campus like what what she just like just whatever it's fine um uh you know who would be good at this this student yeah, yeah. <laughs> aren't they like they're juniors right or it's like non yes. there's they're somewhere yes. in the middle yes, they're, no they're they're okay. juniors they're very they're definitely juniors so this 16 year old should really be teaching this computer science class yeah, that's come up for Allie and I before. I think we landed on it makes sense in an emergency fill-in situation if the teacher had like literally just died. But yeah, she's she's keeping well, it up. Well, and she here. was kind of already interning with her. Like there was definitely some classes that she'd specifically said like, "Hey, I'm teaching some remedial stuff. Come help me out." So maybe, and also I think the conclusion that we came to of like maybe this is okay if it's Willow Rosenberg. Sure. She is, she, you know, she has a, a sterling reputation. So maybe they make an exception. Sure. You know, I'll, know. I'll bite. I'm here for it. I'll listen. <laughs> I'm, I love Willow teacher, teacher Willow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, we can, we, we, we can, we can indulge if we must. I like that there is a list of kids with detention on the chalkboard behind Willow. And I really hope. That Willow is assigning detention. I would not. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that would be really cute. Kind of doubt she is, but that would be really cute. So Giles comes in and offers Willow help, but clearly she don't need it. And uh, Willow is starting to show that she is um, interested in magic. Um, she's been yeah. researching paganism and stuff, and she gives Giles a necklace that she found in Miss Callender's desk, and Giles is very moved. Yeah, it's rose quartz, which, sorry for all the crystal-y people out there. Um, is it just me, or is rose quartz, like, the basic bitch of crystals? And also, <laughs> can I not... I I thought rose quartz was for love, and she said it's for healing. Is there anything rose quartz doesn't do? I don't think so. Um, I recently looked up the properties of different crystals as for a gag gift I was giving somebody because uh, I wanted to get them a healing crystal for for their ailment. And uh, everyone says something different. Okay. And oh, some of them no. get like oddly specific. Like this one has feminine properties. So it's good for like feminine diseases. So like if you have ovarian cancer, this is the crystal for you and like they get very specific and one woo woo person to the other will say different things there is no consensus interesting well rose quartz can be a nice little one-stop shop for all of your yeah it's cute it's pretty it's it's pink it's, yeah don't forget but it, it does come out right? it comes out as like the the basic bitch one it's like everyone's first crystal <laughs> <laughs> The gateway crystal. Mm -hmm. Oh yikes! That could have. Yeah. Or I could. Rose quartz or, or amethyst. What <laughs> gateway crystal? Oh god! No, don't sit. Okay, Buffy's in class and <laughs> she is starting to fall asleep and has kind of a vision of the same class from another time, and she sees the student James having a conversation with his completely same age here, and it's not weird. And they grasp hands and they reference being in love. Yep. 
Um, and then the teacher has been doing some automatic writing that he doesn't realize he's doing. That would scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Like if that, if I was the one who like, I look back at the board and I wrote something completely different than what I thought I had, that would scare the shit out of me. He, I would think I was having a stroke. He handles it pretty well considering. Cause yeah, that is like a yeah. really scary situation. He just like, looks like Im- slightly embarrassed that he's written a curse word. Like, <laughs> Right. Like I'm not worried about the curse word. I'm worried about, I went to go write a formula or some date and I wrote a completely different thing than I intended to. Yeah. That would frighten me. Hey, when that happens. Right. Um, outside of class, Buffy says to Xander that something weird is going on, and then Xander gets attacked by some arm in his locker. But after saying arm... a great quote, something weird is going on. Isn't that our school motto? <laughs> it's true. We love a quip. Yeah, you noted that. To pay attention to locker accoutrement. Yes. I noticed something strange in this locker. It other, looked, You mean other than the hand? Other than the hand. <laughs> okay. It looked like there was a noose in it holding okay. something up. I just was like, I thought I had forgotten like a plot line. Yeah, there's literally like a voodoo doll hanging with like a, like it almost looks like the poop emoji on it as well yeah it's so weird i just thought i had forgotten like a plot line from previous episodes but yeah there's a super weird i'm sure that was just like an end joke that someone was like this will be hilarious guys the, the kids will love it <laughs> yeah don't, don't you don't remember just like learning to tie a noose and putting them everywhere no yeah, yeah in my that locker that's not what i did yeah. with my locker <laughs> when we've talked about this this uh on previous episodes high school was not when we used our lockers because at our school, we were able to have our backpacks with us, so we never touched our lockers. But I guess maybe if you were in sports, but uh... no. Did you use locker in high school? Yeah, we used our lockers. Like that's where I. Yeah, all of our stuff was in there. But I guess we didn't. I probably didn't use my backpack. I just grabbed books per class. Because, but also our school, Jordan and my school was like probably the size of like I. I it's it was tiny. It was the size of like gotcha. someone's house, basically. <laughs> yeah, if we if we had if we would have had to go back to our lockers to change books, we never would have made it to the next class. I mean, as is, I had trouble getting to class on time just by the sheer number of people you had to move through. Did you like? Did you have stairs in your high school? No, we did in middle school, which did. Per- there was definitely a few times that like. You had to get from one end to the other. And the teacher's like, why are you always late? I'm like, you walk it with me next time and you try to be on time. Yeah. Um, we, but in middle school. I love the school, idea of we... middle school Allie telling a teacher that. That's fantastic. I hope what? she did. I We can pretend that I did. Um, <laughs> I think somebody else did. And that's how I heard about that and decided to use it as my own story. Um, but in middle school, we weren't allowed to have our backpacks, which means we did use our lockers. and my And our lockers were decorated to hell. So I just transposed that experience yeah. to my high school. No nooses, though. So that's good. Yeah. Definitely um, no nooses. So they go into the library. They're talking about how there's kind of weird stuff happening. And they're, they're describing what weird stuff is happening. And Giles notes that Xander is describing a poltergeist. And we learn that poltergeists are spirits that are plagued by worldly troubles um, and in order for it to move on, their worldly trouble needs to be resolved. Yep. Good to Sounds know. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Um, I love Xander says, 
This was, I'm dead as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, it was, I was trying to remember the line. The it's hand. so funny. It's, uh, that was yeah, a great I line. And before that, there was a little bit of someone poo-pooing Buffy's instinct. So everyone take a shot. I was playing along at home. <laughs> oh, we're all going to die. <laughs> um, so I think it's that night and we start to see the same scene from the previous night play out. But this time it's between the janitor and the teacher who's been working late. I love seeing the change come over their face. This is a great from- scene. Yeah, I just I, it happens later with the next round of of possessed people, but the, especially from an acting point of view, I really love seeing that moment where, from one line to the next, you can tell, oh, and now she's Grace. It's so cool. I do appreciate too. Like, sorry, I I promise we'll always sit, we'll stay on track. But I do appreciate that the teacher like comes out of the room and the janitor is like, oh, Miss whatever so and so i can't remember i'm so bad with names and he's like mm-hmm. so and so like are you good like are you staying here late and she was like oh yeah it's my unfound like i got behind and then she's like uh george right and yeah <laughs> i just was like he remembered your name immediately off the dome and you had to double check with them come on do better so and so yeah <laughs> yeah it does sound about it right and yeah now this poor this poor poor man is gonna have Probably his life ruined, let's be honest. Right? Yeah. Can't explain has, like, how or why. Yeah. He, and they're never going to find the... I mean, it's po- maybe I like to think in my own head narrative, he gets off because they could never find a murder weapon. Yeah, true. Buffy has like very little sympathy for him also, which I feel like doesn't... I don't know if it doesn't track, but it didn't feel like right. Kind of like... She was like, yeah, well, he should do 60 years. Like, he killed someone. And I was like, well, yeah, he did. But also, like, he was not in his own body. Oh, I think she was saying that about James. Because doesn't she... Okay. Doesn't she say that? And then Xander says something about, like, he can't, Buffy. He's dead. Okay. Or is that or is that what comes later? I thought, I thought that exchange when she was talking about, like, he should die. Well, Xander- or, may- or maybe that's more of a her her what's the word when you put your emotions on oh, somebody projecting. else. Yeah, that might be her projecting of like anyone who does something wrong should be punished for it. Yeah, even if it wasn't his fault. You can hear my dogs eating in the background. It is what it is. Sorry, listeners. Um, hi, prince and princess. Also, sorry that they just had an outburst. I don't know what <laughs> Samantha's attitude problem is tonight. It's okay. That's where we're, why we're recorded on different channels. I have a lot of thoughts about, yeah, Buffy's kind of out of character, uh, not having any sympathy. And I was very, like, I think, I think the way it gets resolved by the end of the episode is nice. And I'm excited to talk about it. So we have seen the janitor shoot the teacher who falls over the stairs. Jackal tile tackle. What? Hello. Giles tackles the janitor and the gun disappears. And yeah, the janitor is similarly confused. What a scene indeed. I liked how at the beginning of it, I couldn't, you couldn't, if I was watching it for the first time, I might think that they actually were together and having an actual fight. And then when the guy says the line that we had heard before, then you're like, oh. Yeah, because this time we see it pick up from the beginning. So we it's not lines we've heard this time. So it's, yeah, it's a really great 
misdirection kind of thing. Okay, so the next scene, we get a glimpse at the mansion. There's Jasmine growing. Angel points it out. Oh, I miss this crew. Drusilla. Yeah, we didn't see them really together in the last episode. No, we didn't. Also, this place is gorgeous. This whole outdoor garden. Uh, Angel is characteristically a dick to Spike and is a dick in a way that is like hitting on Drusilla, who's a skanky hoe and is (laughs) just (laughs) a skanky hoe with an incredible manicure. Nice to your man. Mm-hmm. Rue. Yeah. Yep. And excellent fashion sense. And yeah, an incredible yes. dress, too. Yeah, that dress is fitting her and pushing all the right places and things. Yep. She looks good. Get a girl. What happens next? Uh so Giles thinks that is thinking that this is Jenny because she died in the school. And poor, poor sad delusional Giles. Yeah, this yeah. is really sad. It felt it made me feel really bad for him. Yeah, like, he, he yeah. just wants it to be. I don't know. He just it's what everyone wants. You just want the one last one last conversation. Yeah, and but I do I do love Buffy like trying to be gentle, and and she says it's sort of specific. I was like, yeah, just just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, they're all being really gentle. Giles says, he has this quote that triggered me. He says, I encourage you to always challenge me when you feel it's appropriate. You should never be cowed by authority, except, of course, in this instance, where when I am clearly right and you are clearly wrong. <laughs> if I haven't had so many boomer bosses <laughs> say similar shit to me, yeah. oh, God. Yeah, I wrote down that line, too. Yeah, definitely <laughs> that, that same energy of the, well, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, no, no. I feel like I'm about to be given like an anti-union talk or something. <laughs> oh, the nonprofit world. Um, okay. So we so have they a all... really gross cafeteria scene. Is that is that what's next? Uh, not quite. We go okay. into the computer classroom first, I think. Ah, oh, right, 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 right. Buffy is saying that it's like his grief that's making him illogical. Um, She kind of makes a call for more research. I think she says, what do we know? And Xander says, dog spit is cleaner than humans. (laughs) I had to Google it. And according to the American Kennel Club, that isn't a totally fair comparison, but it is indeed false. I just want to put that on the record. Isn't that just one of those old wives tales? Probably. That's exactly what the American Kennel Club too. Did you Google it too? I didn't. No, I just, because that just doesn't, I'm, and I am not shaming a single person. I just feel like if you're going to eat shit, literally, I'm not going to trust that your mouth is cleaner than mine. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like when anyone talks about like, whoa, no, 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 don't give that to the dog. I'm like, Aside from some specific things, like they literally eat their own shit and will lap up their own vomit. I think that cracker's okay. Yeah. (laughs) I think it'll be fine. Good. I'm glad we're in agreement. (laughs) But that was a a funny, uh, I liked that timing though of him just spewing out a random fact, fact, quotes. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was good. There's there's a few things in this scene I don't like. This is where we start to see Buffy being super unsympathetic. Okay, so also Willow has pulled up the news article and has like figured out 
what scene is playing out. This is where we start to see Buffy being super unsympathetic and um, she like hates the dude for killing people. And it's kind of like, I am. Okay. The the thing she makes a low key homophobic joke where she's talking about how uh, she wants him to have 60 plus in jail, making friends with a weightlifter. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Making special friends with somebody, the weightlifter. Um. The guy also like killed himself. So I think that we probably could have had a little bit more compassion for the suicide. I don't know. I don't. Well, I, I kind of disagree that that's a homophobic joke, though. It's more like a prison joke. It's a prison rape joke. Yes. So, but that's not necessarily saying that gay is bad or that it's the gayness that's funny. You think? Uh, yeah, it's just the rape that's funny, Nick. Yeah, Nick. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's okay. saying that he deserves to rot and have his ass torn apart. I like, I definitely, you know, it is like a very But we all tired, wish on our enemies. Yeah, it's definitely a very tired trope of like, is, I don't know, is it bordering on homophobia? Probably because the worst thing that she can imagine is that someone who identifies as male is having sex or well, unconsensual sex with someone else who identifies as male. Like, yeah, it's definitely bordering. And that is like Stephen King does this a lot, actually. Like his biggest fear oh, really? in life is get is going to jail and becoming someone's unconsenting someone's bitch. bitch, basically. Yeah. Like it's in so no. many of his books and so many of his like it's like I'm it's like to the point where I'm just like relaxed, dude. Really? Like you're good. Um oh <laughs> but God. it is like it that happens on like um like Law and Order SVU, it happens a lot, like where you're just like, yeah, and you, yeah. you see the arc and the change where you're like, oh, like they're not making that joke anymore because it is, it does border. It is, I think there's a, there's a line that's a little gray there where you're just yeah. like, what do you yeah. say though? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Thinking uh, of it, you're, you're right though. The, the part about it that's uh, not right is I had, uh, I think, mischaracterized it. Okay. Okay, good. Be. See, I'm glad I brought that up because now I can relate to this in a whole different way. How about that? <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, Buffy is definitely really getting into the projecting and not showing him any sympathy because she's not showing herself any sympathy. Mm-hmm. They do a good job of making that clear by the end, too. As oh, the viewer yeah. is kind of like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You start to be like, oh. Okay. Well, you know, doc- Dr. Chase points it out uh, relatively it. soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, now we're in the lunchroom. Allie, do you want to talk about this horrifying scene? Ugh. That's it. That's <laughs> all I really have to say. Spaghetti turning into snakes is pretty nasty. Yeah. I mean, can uh, you know, for all, all of the tropey jokes that they make about cafeterias, school cafeterias, like, I, I can honestly say it's never gotten that bad. It felt very like uh, The Craft, which I don't mm. know if y'all have seen that, but it's an excellent A long, long time movie. ago. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it came out, I think, I don't know if, I actually don't know when it came out, but it probably came out around this time, which. Uh, it was but, definitely 90s. I couldn't say exactly what year. Yeah, but it's, there's definitely a part where like uh, spiders are just coming out of faucets and you're just like, why, uh, why, why are we doing this? <laughs> No, 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 no. I love that Cordelia gets bit on the face too. Bitten. Yes. On the face. It's I wrote down her quote after 
Perfect. I'm going to be scarred and swollen. Why didn't it just kill me? (laughs) (laughs) And then we have an amazing kind of important moment where Snyder is talking to, I'm assuming, the police chief and literally says the word Hellmouth. He says it. So it's so I guess it's something kind of like. When the president is sworn in, there's all sorts of like state secrets that he is now like let in on. Maybe there's certain like higher up officials in Sunnydale that like like once you become police chief, once you become principal of Sunnydale High, I guess there's like some somebody's telling them. And then he even references like, oh, would you like me to take this up to the mayor? Which clearly scares Snyder, which says something about the mayor. Yeah, there is really cool foreshadowing here yeah i need to know from one of those people with the secret knowledge i need to know about area 51 joe biden if you're listening to this (laughs) you can send it to me secretly and i'll keep it a secret i just need to know thank you other than from me you'll tell me right i would never (laughs) disclose state (laughs) secrets and i'm you know what that's great that you're being so loyal to your country right now yeah i I understand um it seems like this not patriotic it seems like this that make me, when I'm like rich and famous actress, make me want to like produce a spinoff, more like police procedural kind of show focused on Snyder. <laughs> oh, that'd be a cool spinoff. Because there's clearly so much going on behind the curtain that he know he and all these officials know. I just, oh, there's so much there. There's so much there. Francis, we're low key Snyder, not sympathizer, but we like see where he's coming from. I mean, I can, it would be quite stressful. He's in a real high stress environment. And for what he like knows or doesn't know, or like how he is supposed to be doing things, like I can, I can understand how that could be a, a empathy, if not sympathy. I mean, yeah. I think being a teacher under normal, suburban, well-funded circumstances sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. It, I, yeah. I mean, th- I hated student teaching and the, st- the times that I, t- I taught. I cannot imagine trying to teach under these circumstances. I hey, teacher, shout out to you. Thanks for what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Big applause to, to you because... Someone's got to do it, and thank God I don't have to. So we are at Buffy's house, and Willow is now agreeing with everybody that communicating with the spirit is probably a bad idea. We just need to go ahead and perform an exorcism. Maybe this is why I was so on about exorcisms at the last episode, Allie, because I had just watched this. Anyways, there's a funny exchange here. Um... Willow says the only solution is the final solution. And Xander says, (laughs) I like that. (laughs) I did enjoy that. Um, So Willow presents to everybody a diagram with how they're going to perform the exorcism. There's a little triangle (laughs) and somebody stands in the center. And I just love that Willow's map that she's created has gold stars for where everybody stands. I love that. Mm -hmm. It's very teacher very well low, but also like great, great use of gold stars. Yep. Great use of gold stars. Agreed. I love it. Yep. You are gold stars and gold stars because baby's first spell. 
Oh. Yeah, good for her. And she gave everybody little necklaces for protection. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, baby's first spell just kind of pisses it off. Yeah, just not according to plan, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it kind of seems like a a water gun on a house fire. Mm -hmm. I just think it was probably just not that it was already too strong, too far in. I don't know. Yeah, that poltergeist was pissed (laughs) or sad or one of them. I mean, it's conjuring locusts. I think it's a little more than lighting some candles. (laughs) Very true. Yeah, so, yeah, so, like, a a lot of really weird stuff happens, but basically, the spell doesn't go well. Willow gets pulled into the floor. At one point, there's still snakes everywhere. Cordelia's reflection gets really gross. And ultimately, the spell is not successful. Yes, but there are some great quotes in between that. Um, Before the spell is finished, we see Drew having an awesome, super weird moment I just love the gang being back together after the last couple episodes, not uh, having very much Spike or Drew. Just so love her doing her doing her Drew thing. And we get uh, Xander's, you know, coping with comedy. Oh, yeah, baby. It's snake alicious in here. Yeah. <laughs> in the cafeteria. Yeah. 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 And then Willow show, you know, all of our uh, quicksand nightmares as kids coming to fruition god especially in school like that's mm-hmm. like being stuck here forever yeah can you imagine no thank you i like the quote her and her and giles have a few exchanges that are cute giles compliments willow's use of sulfur he calls her sulfur. <laughs> it's lovely and then that this seemed meaningful to me as the crazy shit is happening willow says to giles this can't be jenny she wouldn't be this mean Mm-hmm. and that's when Giles says I know that is like yeah. a very nice kind of moment that's sandwiched in a bunch of chaos where it's because they had had a little chat before where he's like oh well like I'm gonna try to talk to her so if you see any ghosty stuff that's just me it's obviously not your ghost because you're wrong and then just oh, kind yeah. of he has he's such a good actor but it's it's such a great moment of like you can just feel his like resignation of like no she's she's gone it's done yeah, yeah. and it's it, it is a really a really lovely moment between the two of them are we he continues to have some really great lines in the next scene are we back at Buffy's house uh almost there's this lovely we see Buffy taking her position out on the balcony where stuff goes down and there's this lovely like not quite shaky cam. I'm not really sure how to describe it, but there's this like kind of fuzzy, shaky movement panning into her that has gives this impression that like she's being watched or so- something's different about her area. And I don't know. It was just a cool. It was a cool camera moment. Hmm. There's that jump scare where the creepy guy attacks her. Yeah, yeah. It's right. It's right before then. Yeah, it was very cool. All right, we're back at Buffy's house debriefing. Yep. So I think they are kind of talking about how, like, they're coming to terms with how far along the possession is going. And I just kept typing because there's there's just a lot of great dialogue here. They are talking about how the 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 kid James is in some form of purgatory where forgiveness is impossible because he keeps killing the person he loves and Buffy goes good he doesn't deserve it 
And Giles says, to forgive is an act of compassion, Buffy. It's not given because they deserve it. It's done because they need it. And I just love these little nuggets of life wisdom in Buffy. Yeah, I paused the episode to to write down that quote because it's really lovely. Buffy kind of remains uncompassionate about the situation. And this is when I think it's really setting in that you can kind of see as the viewer, you're like, like she she still she still is not having any warm fuzzies towards this guy at all. And you can tell it's about more than just this. Like, yeah, you can kind of see what's happening under the hood there. I don't yeah. mean to be like the cynic that I am, but I definitely do. <laughs> I'm. I definitely feel where Buffy is coming from. And and I'm trying like, yes, that's a beautiful quote. And like, that's so right. Like you have to you have to be able to forgive yourself and you have to be able to forgive others and all that fun stuff. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, yeah, Buffy, you're fucking right. He doesn't deserve forgiveness. Fuck this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is kind of it is like kind of an unfair compare. Like I she does need to hear the lesson that you can be like. terrible things can have happened and you still deserve forgiveness and stuff but it feels like a little bit of an unfair comparison that like that like this dude killed this girl and like somehow that's equivalent to the havoc that's been wreaked upon the scoobies because of angel i don't know that's a good that's a good point what do you think ali you're you're always graceful in these situations thank you well I think maybe that's a little bit the point that she she sees herself as this horrible person. And that's I I think that is the whole point. She's being so hard on herself. She sees herself as someone who should never, you know, just be in prison forever. Like she's just like totally demonizing herself Um, in the way that, yeah, maybe this kid deserves to be or, you know, it's been almost 50 years since his thing if he's been in purgatory this long eh, maybe it's time for him to move on i don't know but yeah that, i mean that's that is also the, the whole point of the quote is that like it's about it's about being kind it's not about whether they deserve it or not but yeah i think the the disparity of of the situations is kind of the point that she is being just so hard on herself oh that's interesting hmm Okay, so Buffy walks into the kitchen and uh, she finds a dance flyer in her coat pocket. Oh, right um, right before she does that, there's a kind of lovely gentle moment from Xander sort of bringing her back to reality because she's like, yeah, no, he should be punished forever and whatever, whatever. And that's when Xander says, he can't, Buffy, he's dead. And it's kind of like the like stating the obvious that by the way you're talking, maybe it isn't so obvious. And we get the beautiful quote from from Dr. Cordelia Chase. Okay, over-identify much? <laughs> <laughs> State in the obvious. Thank you, Cordelia. Oh, tact, Cordelia. Oh, it's come up again. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm ready to move on. Good. I'm glad. There's a that's a great, that's a great scene. I'm glad you said that. So I think that Buffy starts to get overtaken by the spell or something by the poltergeist when she goes into the kitchen because she basically she's compelled to go to the school. Definitely. Definitely. I think Giles used the word thrall. Thrall. Yes. Under the yeah. um, the spirits thrall. Because she's not so... she's still her. 
but there's definitely something tugging at her. Poltergeist mechanics are interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because like it doesn't hit my next my next notice. It's interesting how it doesn't hit both she and Angelus at the same time. Yeah. So at this point, they see. Yeah. So they're there together, and Buffy starts playing out the script, and Angel isn't <laughs> affected by it yet. I noticed that. That was really interesting. Yeah. Kind of funny. A little bit. A little bit funny. It's like you're being weird. Um, I found a fun fact in my trivia that David Boreanaz is acting in this scene or in this episode, according to reports, is what inspired the chief asshole himself to consider a spinoff. I think it makes sense because it's really brilliant acting Mm -hmm. all around. I mean, I would say Sarah Michelle Gellar won, but she already has a show, so she doesn't. I mean, she can have a (laughs) spinoff. Maybe not, but. (laughs) <laughs> spin off um, the show but it's Buffy that'd be great yeah just Buffy like 2.0 or something just more knows? Buffy yeah no I do I and I think that's one of the reasons why I love this episode so much because I do there's just something about this scene of the, the two of them it's so beautiful the way that it's spliced with the flashback and it's the two of them acting it out you just like and it's so beautiful seeing the role reversal, gender reversal, whatever, and seeing Angel be the like teary, you know, soft one and her being the aggressive hard. I just it's I think it's just all around beautiful. And such a cool twist, too. Yeah, it's a great it definitely they pulled it out like they were like, oh, we're doing this like it. it's a very great acting like especially them to each other like they're really good against each other like i really enjoy when it's angel and buffy and like they're just really fun together typically and i mean obviously until it's not fun but like even when they're like fighting like crazy like and it's literally life or death the way their dynamic is great and then to see it kind of like i mean the end but like the the way their relationship, if they actually had like broken up in a healthy way, whatever, like mm-hmm. should have ended. Mm-hmm. Like obviously it's not super healthy because there's a gun and murder and et cetera. But like minus the gun, it should have been like, I have to stay away from you because it's dangerous. And like right. you have to accept that. And her being like, I don't want to. This isn't fair, kind of thing. Yeah. And then like, yeah, it's it's just the way that they acted is really, really nice. Yeah. Well, and it's even echoing things that I'm pretty sure he already said before they like officially are like, yeah, we're dating. There was a lot of I'm a lot older than you and and all that. And then it's and also it's beautiful because it's almost like Angel from the past is speaking to her or, you know, the mm-hmm. real angel mm-hmm. is like almost like a ghost re- resurrected to like speak to her it's just and you feel her pain and it kind of it's just all of the stuff that she's been clearly feeling but not talking about coming out in this this whole play oh just so lovely yeah i think it's really neat so the yeah so the 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 scene plays out, like starts to play out in the same way it's always has but obviously angel doesn't die because he has a he can't get because he's dead he can't die from a gunshot and the and and yeah, the way so the script changes and the poltergeist trauma gets resolved and Buffy's trauma kind of gets I don't know if resolved but she makes some 
really important steps here. Yeah. yeah. How confusing like that. So, so is this like a net healing thing for Buffy? Do Oops. we think? I don't know. Because she's remembering like a really sweet scene play out and probably better resolved relationship wise, but then really confusing because you come back and he's still, I don't know. Well, and then yeah. it's like having this really lovely dream, getting to live out this better ending. And then the snap back to reality when she has to open her eyes and he runs away and all of the whatever's going on in that moment comes flooding back. Like, woof, it might be, might be net zero. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That, maybe after some processing, she's able to pick out the good parts. Maybe. Yeah. That's rough. It was a rough, it, oh God, that's a rough, like ending because it's so sweet and it's so nice and then all of a sudden it's just like snap back to reality and you're just like he's just like fuck you i don't like you it's like almost it's almost yeah. like little kiddish he like pushes her away she's like angel right he run yeah he runs away scared of yeah. feelings yeah i think it maybe it might be one of those things that kind of classic ba- breakup where while you're feeling all of the intense feelings it's hard to take the lessons but like in some time, maybe she'll feel she'll like appreciate it more and like have more of the distance and like be able to take those lessons. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. Later, she's she, you know, we see the group in the uh, the library. They, you know, all the yucky stuff is gone. Clearly, poltergeist is taken care of. And then Giles finds Buffy in the office, and he says, "You feeling any better?" um no shut the fuck up giles i (laughs) no i'm not no thanks for the seven minutes though i appreciate it (laughs) yeah everything's all better thanks giles oh man the there's some interesting lines here she says uh james picked me i guess i was the one he could relate to he was so sad and then she's another one i wrote down um she says a part of me just doesn't doesn't understand why she would forgive him um it's kind of interesting to see buffy wrestle with like themes about forgiveness and the complicated i i don't know just as she's wrestling with forgiving herself too i love that yeah i loved when she was like i just don't understand because that is forgiveness of a person who hurt you is very difficult but then also like on top of it like forgiving yourself for something even if like everyone around you was like you have nothing to forgive like you're uh, like it's not your fault it's not your fault but if you're putting yourself in that like you're hard on yourself and you're on anyone else and it's so yeah. you can, it's not like you can have that conversation and have back and forth with like, well, this is why I'm hurting and this is why I feel this way. And then have like yourself respond. So it's just like it's yeah. so much harder to dig that up and like work right. through that. So it's I really yeah. like that she's at least saying that out loud. Hopefully that helps her. I don't know, like just get on the road to forgiveness. Yeah, she's def- it's definitely not one of the episodes where everything's fixed by the end. Yeah. It's it's just not, mm. which is great because we do see a lot of that in this episode, like in the beginning of the season when basically in one episode she processes the death of the ma- master and 
her friends get over her being a bitch the first few weeks of school. Like, oh, okay, and uh, we're all yeah. cool. I'm, I'm. It's nice that it's, it's not that, and I, I totally get that. I mean, some with certain things, it doesn't matter how many times your friends say, "No, you're great. You weren't to blame. He's the asshole. Whatever." They can say it as many times until they're blue in the face. You have to believe it for yourself and. It's hard to even know how to get yourself to feel that way. I guess it's just time. Mm. Mm. While she's still very much in it. So Yeah. There there's a scene right after this one and it kinda it it is definitely like it it lightens things up and then there's that twist from Spike too. And as I was reviewing, there were some reviews that didn't like this that this next scene because they felt like it like cheapened the rest of the episode but i'm really glad it was here because like if we had just ended uh-uh. in a library there it's just like so heavy and it's so like un unresolved that i need something a little lighter like angel trying to wash feelings off literally wash with water or feelings off of him and being shirtless mm. yeah Dangerous i had that note little- yeah and drusella being like oh we'll make you feel better let's go catch a eat a fucking toddler <laughs> bruh yeah yeah i had that note mm. and the funny denouement so we can all feel a little bit better before going home yeah which yeah i think that's just a matter of opinion whether you like that or not um, it doesn't seem like you liked it ali oh i i recognized what they were doing i was able to, to recognize that but as somebody who does really feel this relationship it's a very important relationship to to me it does affect me so it i was personally thankful for the little bit of humor so that we could pull ourselves out of it Um, but i I know that there are some people who are like no sit in those nasty feelings sit in the hard things don't make everything easy on the audience and i'm like well if that's how you want, and then that's how you want it, and you're not going to agree with these choices. But it does. I mean, like that's what Buffy is. Is like Buffy, like right. it takes you to the edge, and you're feeling all these things, and and then it's like like Xander saying, like fucking dogs' mouths are cleaner. Than yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, What yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or it's or at even... the beginning of the season, it's like the the anointed one going, hate that girl. Yeah. Just yeah. after we had this like big emotional thing. And then it's nice. I I really appreciate those buttons that like let us breathe. That, that, but, like, and it it's lets so much more real. It's so much more real yeah. to like life. Like you're not constantly stuck in one feeling all the time. Like you're and, right. and the people around you aren't always going to be doing the thing like that you're doing. So it just it makes right. it more real. Yeah, people don't always do the right thing in the moment or what you think. I love the cliffhanger too that Spike is heels and he just looks after Angel with such hate. Mm -hmm. I I liked this little cliffhanger. Yeah, I I, I guess I I understand why he doesn't reveal it as soon as possible. I mean, does he just think that he can't beat Angelus? Like, is he he biding his time for a plan? Yeah. But he doesn't like have a plan. He doesn't have. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I I enjoyed it, but I agree that I am not really clear on. Like you're miserable, his dude. Process. Right, and knowing you're miserable probably just for dramatic effect, like for <laughs> yeah. no reason other than. <laughs> That's true. 
I do. I do like that. I like the idea of him like sitting through this other guy hitting on his girl for dramatic effect. <laughs> <laughs> you could have revealed this at any moment. Only when it was the funniest. No, I do like that. That's funny. Okay. We've talked about the full episode. We are going to invite everybody's closing thoughts. Allie, I thought it might make sense to start with you because you said in our last episode that this ranks maybe your favorite in the series. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Because I, I, I do, there's something that I really, really love about the Angelus and Buffy reenactment scene. Um, and yeah, it is 100% still up there. You know, I can't really say if it's exactly number one without like, there's so many boundaries and qualifiers and stuff that go into like, okay, well, is it, does it have my best action scene? Does it have the blah, blah, blah? But it's definitely top five, if not top three. Francis, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I love this episode. I definitely, I mean, I don't know. I've never considered ranking a Buffy episode because i'm disorganized um and hmm. <laughs> but it is such it Here's... is a great episode and it is such like a classic it's it's a classic with a nice twist at the end where you're like oh this is actually really meaningful because like it's the scooby gang in school with just like a ghost or whatever and then it like amps it up to 10 because it's like oh it's literally not just a ghost this is buffy figuring her own life out and like it's it's a great episode. This is why I I was allowed to choose my episode. I know this one or the one before, which was like a classic monster episode, which and the episode before this one's great with her in the hospital and everything. But I chose this one for like the very specific reason of like it's it's the classic like you feel it till you hurt and then they make you laugh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I said that. I think I said that somewhere in my notes. Um it really has it all. Because it has great music, has great quips. Like you said, it makes you feel something. And then it also makes you laugh. It's just got, it's a really well-balanced episode. It's got everything. Yeah, I love how it works on so many different levels. I love, yeah, I love the twists. Um, I love the ones that make you think about your characters a little more. Give some more nuance to them. Yeah, this is uh, this is a really great one. Yeah, Nick, in your one. research, did you see how this episode is received because we talked about in the last episode that apparently killed by death does not rank well <laughs> with a lot of people, which does just does not compute for me. I don't understand. I think you must be watching a different episode. Yeah. Some people really hate it. Like it, uh, there are some, there are some rough episodes of Buffy out there, but if you asked me to pick, I wouldn't have picked killed by death as one of the rough ones. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that the same person who gave this one a, a one who or sorry, who gave the last one one out of four, gave this one three out of four. I have not done extensive research on oh, okay. if other people Yeah, I was just curious. Um, I was just curious if you saw anything for this one. Yeah, and if it's a super popular one. I like it though. I mean, again, I have to put my misgivings about some of the premises mm-hmm. on a shelf and not think about them. But if you just think about, you know, if you do that, then I think I, I don't know. I don't know. I think this is a pretty brilliant one. Me yeah. too. Me too. Francis. This has been so much fun. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it and can't wait to have you back. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. This was so fun. I was so excited to do this because this has been like 
a few months in the making. <laughs> so I was like, as soon as you asked me to, I like immediately watched episodes because I haven't watched Buffy in like forever. So I think I'm going to have to do a binge. Um, and the next I'm highly encouraged. Yeah. And the next month or so, I'm going to have to do just start at the beginning again, because it's I it's one of those shows where like I don't think I've ever gone back to it and not been like, oh, right. Like, this is fucking incredible. I love this show. Yeah. I think if you start now, you might be able to get through like four seasons before the end of the year, which is in three days, <laughs> friends. So, you know, just start around the clock. Yeah. Watching. I'm committed. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been lovely to meet you. Yeah. Of course, you any will. friend of Nick's is, uh, must be somebody wonderful. So glad you are just as cool as advertised. <laughs> Yay. Well, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, well, you, you know if Nick, you know if Nick, you know if Nick is speaking highly of you, then it must be pretty cool. You know, well, that's because I have an impeccable judge of character, and I'm such like a magnanimous, wonderful person myself that I only attract good people to me. It's true. You you and get out what you get. You get back what you put out. Yeah, I'm gorgeous. Basically, <laughs> basically. is what this means. I think that that about does does it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. And we hope you'll join us next time when we'll discuss season two, episode 20, Go Fish. If you are just too excited to wait until the next episode to chat, please send us an email at tabularasabpod at gmail.com. That is T-A-B-U-L-A-R-A-S-A-B-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can also say hello to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at at tabularasabpod. We'd be so thrilled if you would leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Allie, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at daughterpick, D-A-U-G-H-T-E-R-P-I-C-K, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at futureblackcat. If you wish to send some money my way, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Allie Press. That's A-L-L-I-E-P-R-E-S-S. You can also find me on Venmo, Allie-Press. Francis. Finish the rest of your script there. Yeah. Am I? Oh, oh, Allie prompts Francis for social media plug. There we go. Sorry about that. Francis, where can we find your lovely persona online? Um, I think definitely check out the podcast series one on Instagram. That's where I think a lot of our updates come through for the podcast. My personal Instagram is very boring and not updated ever. So definitely more information would be on podcast series one uh, Instagram and yeah, to give us a listen. If you like this, we're not, it's ours is a little more teeny boppy because it is a Meg Cabot inspired podcast, but yeah, check us out. And y'all, we didn't say this before podcast diary is podcast is so successful that so, so they, they read Meg Cabot books at right. I can, the, Meg, Meg Cabot is a huge fixture. In, she wrote the pod, uh, princess diaries and Jordan and Francis had Meg Cabot on for an episode That's of their insane. podcast. It was crazy. That is, that is so fucking cool. Yeah. So y'all have to listen. I just to realized something, and this is so last minute. I I did a movie with Sarah, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I was waiting for you. I didn't I'm, know if you weren't allowed to no, talk I about totally it forgot. or if there was something. But yeah, yeah. She's, in, say, she's in Do Revenge, which we did yeah. last summer. 
And she plays the principal, of course, which is great, or the headmistress. Uh, yeah, she did awesome. And I I mean, some hardcore tea spill would be that she, um, I mean, not going to name names, but the lead actor on it, uh, she met her like for five minutes and like kind of went to the director and was like, so it's been like this the whole time. <gasps> wow that's so funny but she was amazing total professional like literally was like five takes and done like amazing awesome i love hearing that I, about her i'm curious about because there's because it's two leads other than sarah michelle keller i haven't i haven't watched it yet but i if it i have a feeling i know she only has leads. a scene with one of the leads Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. I have I haven't seen it watched it yet, but I've seen the trailer. So you're not missing much. <laughs> oh, but I felt, yeah. I felt compelled. You to were see. involved with it. It's brilliant. Well, Stop it. It's gonna the best set ever. Has you know, was hasn't done anything in a while. So I, I you know, I feel compelled to watch her work. Her scenes are great. Uh, so, um so, but so. yeah, sorry to just like throw <laughs> that in at the end. Uh, but, uh yeah. No worries. This is a little treat for the people who listen all the way to the end. I'll I'll hint at it in a social media. Post. Okay, we'll uh, we we'll close personal yeah, friend so there. Oh, <laughs> pretty much. Um, Amazing. friends. Wow, we have devolved. All of the social media handles that we talked about are going to be in the description. Go listen to podcast diaries. Go join Ali's. Uh, buy me a coffee. I'm out. Well, remember again. I don't know how I'm whatever. But go do it. Um, Ali, Francis, it's so lovely to see you both. Thank you, you so as much. As well, my Nicholas. And this is awesome. Enjoy. Thank you guys. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see you all in the new year. Uh, wishing you all a great start. Uh, cheers. Make proud choices. Make proud choices. Bye. Bye bye. Tabula Rasa Bitches is hosted by Ali Press and Nick Mercer, with music by Infoton Cult, artwork by Charlotte Fleming Design, and consultation by Evo Terra.